0: I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is The Literary Gardener for April 23rd, 2020. The topic this time is the marvels and some drawbacks of growing asparagus. But what most enraptured me were the asparagus tinged with ultramarine and pink which shaded off from their heads, finely stippled in mauve and azure through a series of imperceptible gradations to their white feet, still stained a little by the soil of their garden bed, with an iridescence that was not of this world. Marcel Proust, Swansway, 1913. This is the most imaginative description of asparagus we are all likely to hear in our lifetime, and Proust doesn't stop there. He elaborates on the marvels of asparagus. I felt that these celestial hues indicated the presence of exquisite creatures who had been pleased to assume vegetable form and who through the disguise of their firm, comestible flesh allowed me to discern in their, this radiance of earliest dawn, these hinted rainbows, these blue evening shades, that precious quality which I should recognize again when all night long after a dinner at which I had partaken of them, they played Lyrical and coarse in their jesting as the fairies in Shakespeare's dream at transforming my chamber pot into a vase of aromatic perfume. Who would not want to experience the long lasting pleasures of asparagus after hearing Proust accolades? The long lasting 94 word sentence in the passage is pretty impressive, too. The author's childhood recollections prompted my own memories of eating asparagus as a young girl. Whenever they were served at our table, I pretended I was the jolly green giant and the asparagus stalks were trees. I didn't mind the taste of asparagus, and I liked the way I could slurp the slippery, stringy spears through my pursed lips. But my giant eats trees game worked better with broccoli. My dad never grew asparagus in our garden. The one time I tried growing asparagus as an adult, I wasn't sure when to harvest the stalks and they turned woody and inedible. So I ended up feeding them to the compost pile instead. However, my neighbor brought over some freshly dug asparagus crowns the other day and I couldn't resist the challenge of growing asparagus again. Those of you who are experienced asparagus gardeners are probably shaking your head right now and thinking, goodness, Rhonda, you should have planted asparagus crowns in February or March into a bed you prepared last fall. Well, that may have been ideal, but I just got the asparagus crowns, and even though there is a gardening rule that says never grow something just because you get it for free, I went ahead and planted the asparagus while our springtime air and soil temperatures are still fairly cool. My optimistic prediction is the asparagus crowns will be just fine. Asparagus officinalis is a hardy herbaceous perennial with a root system that will require a few years to establish in the garden before I'm able to harvest anyway. The payoff for my supreme patience will hopefully be many years of abundant harvest thereafter. I heard a thriving, established asparagus bed can produce stalks for up to 30 years. If that's true, by then I'll be old enough to slurp my asparagus again. Besides patience, there are a lot of other requirements for cultivating asparagus successfully. Lots of growing space, lots of sunshine, lots of moisture, lots of compost, and lots of mulch. Asparagus is definitely not a carefree crop. Asparagus grows well in well draining soils that are not too acidic, pH between 6.0 and 7.0. Gardeners can sweeten the soil by adding lime. The soil should be gently worked so it is light and airy, and the soil needs to be replenished with organic matter in early spring and again after harvesting in July. I soaked the crowns in a bucket of water for a few hours before I planted. Then I dug a trench in the garden about 15 inches wide and 10 inches deep. Every 12 inches along the bottom of the trench, I added a shovel full of compost and two tablespoons of bone meal to promote root growth. And then I created a mound with the amendment mixed with soil. I placed each crown on a mound so the top of the crown was about six inches below the soil surface, and then I spread the roots to provide lots of growing room. I covered the crowns with two inches of soil, and I'll continue to cover the new shoots with soil as they emerge until the trench is completely filled. Finally, I watered and mulched the asparagus bed with shredded leaves. I'll keep mixing leaf mold with soil as I continue to cover the shoots. Some gardeners like to plant asparagus with companion plants, such as tomatoes, basil, and parsley, while others say asparagus resents having to compete with other plants and is best grown solo. I think I'll experiment a little to see which works best. Regardless, keeping the bed weed-free will be important, so the asparagus won't have to struggle for moisture and nutrients. I'll need to be on the lookout for asparagus beetles and slugs, both of which enjoy eating asparagus shoots as much as I do. Beetles should be picked off the plant, and crushed oyster shells applied around the crown area will help prevent damage from slugs. I learned that the shoots of asparagus crowns will be ready to begin harvesting in spring when the firm, comestible stalks are 5 to 7 inches long and the tips are still tightly closed. Once the tips loosen, the stalks become woody. To harvest the stalks, cut or snap off at soil level. However, for the first two growing seasons, I've been advised not to harvest any stalks. Okay, maybe one or two tasters. This will allow the stalks to mature into long, dark green stems that grow up to six feet tall and may need to be staked to prevent breakage. The feathery foliage, which is actually modified stems, will unfold and begin photosynthesizing to make food for the plant's root system. During the third growing season, I'll be able to harvest for two or three weeks before allowing the plant to develop further. Harvesting time will increase with each season until the asparagus plants are well established in four to five years. After that, I'll be able to harvest until summer, when the plants will finally deplete their energy and start producing only puny stalks. A healthy, mature asparagus crown will produce up to 20 spears per year. About 20 plants will feed a family of four. This is an important factor when considering the relative value of growing this crop along with its need for space, water, nutrients, and time. Asparagus fronds are cut down in the fall to prevent diseases from overwintering. Asparagus beds should be heavily mulched in the fall, and it's a good time to prepare new beds for planting crowns in early spring. For those who plan ahead and don't indulge in impulse planting later on. There have been two important developments in the world of asparagus over the past several years. First, garden asparagus was booted from the lily family, where it used to be considered kin to lilies and onions. Now it's in a new asparagus family, in which it is now more closely related to agave and Solomon seal. Second, almost all-male asparagus hybrids have been introduced that yield more stalks per plant because they don't have to spend energy on producing seeds. Other hybrids are particularly resistant to diseases such as rust and crown rot, and others are more heat tolerant. Recommended hybrid varieties in our area include the all-male Jersey series, which includes Giant, Night. Prince and Supreme cultivars, UC 157, and Early California 500. Purple Passion is a popular variety for its bright color, which turns green when the vegetables are cooked, and its extra sweet flavor. Condover's Colossal is an heirloom variety of asparagus that is grown successfully in Southern Oregon. The effect of eating asparagus on the smell of urine is well known, which Proust refers to when he recalled how it transformed his chamber pod into a vase of aromatic perfume. Asparagus contains acids that break down into sulfurous compounds, also found in rotten eggs, onions, and garlic, apparently what young boys call aromatic, other people call stinky. Interestingly, Proust was in an exclusive group of only about 25 percent of the population who possesses the gene that enables them to smell asparagus pee. No wonder Proust grew up to be such a special person. It makes me want to grow asparagus even more. And that's it for the literary gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening.